I'm Tony. And I'm Will. And welcome to another episode of Topophilia. This is part two of our mentorship series, which we recorded live during a storytelling event at the Patagonia store in Seattle. Today's story comes to you from Molly Bayer, who reminds us why it's important to remember what it's like to be a beginner, even as you become an expert. Our next speaker is um, Molly Bayer. Molly is, full disclosure, not only a really excellent and very talented um, instructor and senior instructor with REI, she's also a friend of ours. <laughs> um, but we knew that Molly would be a really great candidate for this because we've worked alongside her as instructors at REI, and we also now work underneath her. <laughs> Molly is our senior instructor, uh, which is great. Molly has um, gone through the BOALPS program, which is uh, the Boeing Employees Alpine Society, which some of you might know about. Not only has she gone through it as a student, but now she's an alumni and has taught for two sessions worth um, to teach other people the same skills that she learned through the program. Um, without further ado, here's Molly. Who's ready to talk a little bit more about mountaineering? <laughs> um, all right, yeah, thanks, Tony, that was awesome. My name's Molly, and I'm super jazzed to be here to talk to you all about mentorship in the outdoors. Uh, I'm really thankful for this opportunity. Um, but I feel like in order to convey to you how important it is to have had and been an outdoor mentor, uh, I need to give you a quick peek into what Molly was like circa like 2013. Uh, I was born and raised in Northeastern Ohio. I participated in just about every team sport throughout my childhood, and I developed a passion for camping at a young age, like especially the kind when my friend's family would bring their RV and we could watch movies in the back. <laughs> that was the good kind. Uh, I also picked up skiing in elementary school. Uh, so by the time I was in high school, I was like flying down the artificial snow-covered blue runs on our landfill-turned-ski resort in Ohio. And then in college, I picked up rock climbing. Uh, and I even ended up managing our rock climbing wall at my school's, school's rec center. Um, and not only that, I could flash like every V0 there. And uh, I even climbed outside like one or two times. So. Uh, so we arrive at 2013, and I've moved to Seattle for my new job, and I was obviously in some like dire need of mentorship. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I really did like being outside, and I even considered myself quote-unquote outdoorsy, but I didn't have like any huge aspirations at the time. Um, I saw a lot of hiking in my future, and if I was lucky, maybe even like a few backpacking trips a year. And I remember my sister, who had actually lived here in Seattle for the last 12 years, uh, told me the one thing I was forbidden from doing was climbing Mount Rainier. Mom would kill me if she let me do, let you do that, is what she told me. But I made a mental note to like figure out how much it would cost to get guided up someday, you know? Uh, so as I began to settle in to my new group of friends in Seattle, an idea began to circulate, and it was to take a mountaineering class. Uh, once someone filled me in what exactly that was, uh, I took a moment to consider how long it would take me to make new friends once these friends went off and like became mountaineers. Uh, and it wasn't that I wasn't interested, it just didn't seem like it was something that was in the cards for me. Like the most, no, well so not only did I not have any of the gear that was on the required gear list, but like the most I'd ever really done in snow was like 
flown off the really big jumps we'd build in the park on snow days back in the Midwest. In the Midwest. Um, but luckily, my friends were good ones, and they weren't ready to shake me that fast. And so they helped me find some used gear and pushed me to at least give it a go. Um, and it's probably clear that this is going to be like the turning point in my story, but realistically, it's actually kind of a turning point in my life. Uh, so the mountaineering I cl uh, club I joined, like Tony mentioned, was uh, the Boeing Alpine Society, or Bow Alps, and the class was the basic climbing class, which is BCC. It runs basically from uh, like the end of February through June, and it covers everything from like snow travel and ice axe arrest, belaying, snow anchors, crevasse rescue. Like I shit you not, we like drop students down into a hundred foot crevasse and like watch while their fellow students like pull them out. It, it, it's great. It's terrifying, but it's awesome. Um, and a few weeks before our very first outing, so before we really learned anything, my buddy Luke and I we decided to test out and break in our new mountaineering boots. It was January, and like without really any idea of what would be a good move, we opted to head out to Blanca Lake, um, which is a pretty popular summer hike <laughs> uh, up in the North Cascades. And so just for context for those of you who've not been there, it's like about 15 miles of forest road from the highway. Um, and it was a pretty low snow year, actually. So we were able to make it all the way to the trailhead in our four-wheel drive Toyota Tacoma um, and without too much issue. Uh, the lot was snow-covered and there was no one there, so we took that as a good sign to like lace up and head out. Um, and it just like snow sleeted on us all day. Um, and we probably unknowingly chanced through, you know, like only one or two hazardous slide zones. And it was a solid eight miles of moving through snow in which I like literally had no idea how to actually move. So it was crazy difficult. We like froze our butts off at the lake for 10 minutes and then floundered our ways down to the car. Soaked, totally exhausted, and like with some pretty extensive hot spots from our very stiff boots. Uh, so we fired up the truck, pulled out from the trailhead, and then within about five minutes, we were just super duper stuck uh, in uh, like on the wet snow turned ice road under the weight of the truck. So for hours, we tried to dig and push and swear our way out of the mess. And ultimately, we had to gear back up, walk until we got cell service. And luckily, some friends were able to come get us and pick us up by like 2 AM, by which time we'd walked like 10 miles down the forest road. Um, and since really only like that last 10% of that road was actually covered in snow, we were able to go back and get the truck by like walking that last mile and putting on some newly purchased chains. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, I've often looked back on this trip and reflected on the things that my friend and I did well. Uh, we had plenty of extra food and water and layers to keep ourselves safe when our day went longer than expected. Uh, we kept level heads and we communicated effectively and ultimately we survived. Pretty good. But on the flip side, I obviously can't help but look back and like shake my head at all the things my friend and I overlooked. And I list them, but like I know you guys already have, and I know that Tony and Will might want me to get to the point. Um, so to put it plainly, I just did not know what I didn't know. So I started that Bow Alps season even more humbled by the mountains than before, and I just tried to prepare myself to have like my ass kicked for the next four months. But what happened, that's the important part, what happened next. And it's the reason we're all here tonight. Um, 
I was embraced and I was warmly welcomed by a whole community of people who knew what it, is li who knew what it was like to know as little as I did. Uh, after every weekend outing, I would walk away like a little more blown away by the cascades um, and then also a little proud of myself for being able to keep up. Uh, my team with my seven other fellow students, we grew together and we formed bonds that turned into a few lifelong friendships. Our instructor team was made up of several individuals with an array of experience, uh, and the ratio was like nearly one-to-one. -one. Uh, they taught us with PowerPoints and thoughtful discussion and obviously a lot of hands-on instruction out in the field. They made sure our gators were on the correct feet and that we kept the water from freezing and our camelback hoses. And at the end of the day, they taught us both skills that could be life-saving and as well as, those, as, when, as well as those skills that made us not look like total losers along the way. Like you can't really find that in a book. You can't find like how to stay alive in the mountains and not look like an asshole while doing it. Like that doesn't come in a book. So I summited Mount Baker just after sunrise on like a glorious June morning for my grad climb and it, and it felt amazing. Hours later, we were cracking a beer in the parking lot and I was peeling off my bloody socks and my lead instructor, Brian, came over and was like, so we'll see you in the back next year as a junior instructor, right? And I was like, no, look at my feet, they're bleeding, Brian, no. But like, let's be honest, I definitely knew I was gonna be back. So your first year instructing, when you come back, you're a junior instructor and you're lovingly known as a second year student which is because you get the opportunity to teach most of the basic skills you'd learned the year before, which not only aids in your teaching, uh, but, or not, sorry, not only aids the students that you're teaching, but it also goes a long way to solidify the skills that you just learned. So obviously I gained loads of confidence doing that and building my own climbing skills, as well as my ability to pass those on to a generation of new climbers. They're really, well, kind of like Mark said, there's, there's really nothing like seeing the look in someone's eye when they take in the view from their very first summit or as they like walk backwards slowly over a ledge to repel for the first or second or like almost every time you repel. Um, but my third year with the club, I came back as a senior instructor, which shifted my role again to not just being a mentor to the students, but also to some of my fellow instructors. So over those years, it became clear to me that I got just as much out of instructing those students as I had being a student that very first year. The lessons I learned obviously changed slightly, but they were arguably equally as important. For me, it come down, comes down to three main takeaways. Uh, confidence, community, and compassion. So confidence, it, it ended up being really important to my self-confidence to come back and pass along the mountaineering skills I'd learned. Not only was it benefiting a new group of students, but it was helping me to establish myself as a real climber. Uh, you may or may not be surprised to hear that I had to face a whole new set of heuristics in the climbing world, especially as a woman. It's no secret that the climbing and the mountaineering scene can feel a little male-dominated, so to be able to step in front of a group of people, especially my fellow aspiring lady climbers, and establish myself as someone who had developed these skills basically from nothing, worked hard at refining them, and then was able to guide myself up peaks all over the Pacific Northwest, including the elusive Mount Rainier, sorry sister, 
not only did it feel good, but it felt really frickin' important. So somewhere along that journey, I also had ended up with the courage to quit a job that I hated. And I took some time to travel the world, and then I applied for a job instructing professionally in the outdoor industry, which is something I never had seen myself doing before then. <laughs> the confidence I gained in my transition from mentee to mentor in the BOOPS community has no doubt had uh, a huge impact on me ending up where I am today professionally. So the second thing, community. Uh, the Seattle freeze can be pretty real, right? Like, well, maybe not, who knows. But what I can be sure of is the lifelong connections that form when you're teaching and learning and exploring in a community with shared goals in the outdoors. Like, those bonds are pretty endless. Uh, my, my first lead instructor, Brian, he's a reference on my resume. Uh, a few of my teammates are some of my very best friends and roommates. <laughs> Uh, and my former student is my partner. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, these relationships have been hugely important to me over the last five years, and I know they wouldn't have been possible without the shared duty of learning and educating about a passion for a life in the mountains. Additionally, I think being introduced to a sport within a community that cares about the spaces where it recreates is hugely important. So students in the BOALPS uh, program have to participate in at least one day of trail maintenance before they graduate. And it's just clear that the folks who instruct and lead the club have a great respect for the mountains and the glaciers we get to play on. And it's crucially important we pass that on to the next generation of climbers. So lastly, and the one that I think might be the most important, is compassion. What I really appreciate about the time I spent with the Boabs community is how well I can remember being that terrified, insecure student who wore her gaiters backwards for almost an entire season. <laughs> Not just on the wrong beat, but like totally backwards. No one told me, so maybe they're not that great. Just kidding. Uh, I think sometimes the outdoor community, and let's be honest, like almost every community, can start to feel a little elitist and sometimes even isolating. Uh, it, like after a few years of climbing or paddling or skiing, we can forget what it's like to be a noob. We call them Jerry and we laugh at their missteps. We judge them silently as they like trounce up the trail with a million things jingling off their pack. But I feel so lucky to have had a caring and educated group of mentors to guide me through the climbing world. And nowadays when I'm out doing my thing, I'm reminded of that when I see folks who are out there learning by doing. It's like that cringeworthy moment when you hear someone like, hey, can we follow you down? We like got up here okay, but now we're pretty freaked out by the down climb. This happened to Will and I, <laughs> and it's hard to hear. But when that happens, I try to take a moment and remind myself of a few things. One, they don't know what they don't know. And I've been there, lest we not forget the adventure of Blanca Lake. Uh, and two, really the interaction I have with those folks could inform how they decide what comes next in their pursuits in the mountains. So how can I make sure I make a positive impact? I think this compassion element, this like reminder that we all started somewhere, helps to draw us all a little closer instead of dividing us into camps of us versus them. And I think it goes without saying, but I'm going to go ahead and say it, uh, that a little compassion could go a long way in the world we find ourselves in right now. 
And I'm down for anything that makes me better at it. But thanks so much. Thanks, Molly. It was great to hear Molly's perspective on the transition from learner to teacher. Listening to her makes me realize that the best teachers are those who remember what it's like to learn and who build relationships with their students that last far beyond the educational setting. If you want to learn more about BoAlps, you can go to BoAlps, that's B-O-E-A-L-P-S dot org. And if you've got any ideas for stories we should cover or people we should talk to, go ahead and send us an email, find us on Facebook or Instagram, and thanks for listening.